Never compete on low price because you will never win. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Kathy Guggenauer. After finding the courage to say bye-bye to her corporate marketing career, Kathy built a six-figure virtual assistant business from her tiny house in the middle of a forest. Today, she teaches professional women how to create their own work-at-home VA businesses so they can enjoy the freedom, flexibility and financial security they desire and deserve. Kathy also offers VA matchmaking sessions to business owners interested in working with expert VAs and virtual experts. Kathy and her expert VA and virtual expert training program have been featured in Forbes, The Huffington Post, Good Housekeeping, All You and The Wealthy Freelancer. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Kathy Guggenauer of Virtual Expert Training. Welcome Kathy, thanks for joining me. Oh Joe, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's funny, we were discussing your surname before we came on, and whenever I do that, I always end up worrying I'm going to do it wrong, which is why there was a little gap there where I thought, was that right? <laughs> but I think I got it right. It was absolutely right. <laughs> it was absolutely right. Brilliant. Lovely. So start by telling us who you are, which I've done, uh, uh, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. So um, I am a business coach and trainer exclusively for virtual assistants. And I chose to do this, um, I, and Joe, I'm going to tell you, I've been working a really long time on my biggest, my big why and my big reason I do this. So I'm going to tell you that one, which <laughs> is I want to, I want to help. And I can tell you smaller reasons too, that I believe were the reasons before I've worked on this for so long. But I really believe that um, when women, more women become wealthy that we women create community and we support everybody and we spread love around the world. And that's my biggest goal is I want there to be more love and more joy around the world. And I want to help do that one woman at a time. Ooh, I love that. I can I can see how you've spent some time working on that though. It's, it's not the sort of thing that would come out <laughs> like if somebody said, "Why are you starting a business?" That wouldn't be the first thing I wouldn't think uh, would come out. <laughs> nope, nope. I, I'm going to tell you for a really long time I was stuck on I want to make money. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. And, and then I finally did realize after working with several coaches that money is a very short-term motivator. Mm-hmm. And now I really get that. I really mm-hmm. get it. You know, I, I wanted to make money because I wanted to have enough money to live on. Um, I also wanted to have freedom and flexibility and financial security. Mm-hmm. And so those are kind of the mid-level things I wanted. Um, but the, the big thing that gets me up every morning that make, that help, has me do what I do um, and gets me excited about it is helping women create wealth so yeah. that they can change the world. Lovely. And where do you do it? I live in Missouri, in the Missouri Ozarks, to be specific. And if anybody watches uh, Netflix, there is a show on Netflix called Ozark. And that's where I live. Yeah, that is where I live. I live where that fictional show takes place. Um, It's an absolutely beautiful area. It's very, very rural. And I love it. I'm smack dab in the middle of the U.S. is where I am. Right. You're being you've been very helpful here. We we've got into a game over lockdown called Who Knows Where and it's a board game with a picture <laughs> of the world and it asks you questions and you have to put your counter where you think things are. And America used to be a bit of a um a mystery to me. <laughs> And and to the rest of my family, but we're gradually getting there. So I'm I'm looking forward to that Ozark question now. <laughs> I'll let you know. If yeah, it, it, if you threw if you threw a dart in the middle of the US, you'd probably hit my Right. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's the thing that's quite funny sometimes is that we um we sort of know the answer, but we don't actually know where in America that answer is. So that's sort of part of it. So you've you've helped with both bits of it this time. <laughs> my home. <laughs> I'm so glad to be helpful. I want to play this game with you. I love <laughs> Uh, it is very good. I bought it for my friend in Canada recently because she said she liked geography games. And I was like, oh, you need to have this one. So um, we, talked before we, came on, we talked before we came on that you're, you are literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, is that sort mm-hmm. of partly what drove the, the working for yourself business decision? Tell me about how it all came about. So um, I worked for a Fortune 500 company uh, for almost 20 years. And um, it was in St. Louis, Missouri, which is a big city in the US. And I worked downtown and I really enjoyed it. And what I realized, Joe, was that I love extremes. So I don't like living in suburbia. I like living either in the middle of a busy city or in the middle of nowhere, like I live now. Mm-hmm. And so my boss at my Fortune 500 company, I was a marketing manager there. I stopped getting promoted and I went and asked him why. And he told me that I laughed and smiled too much. And that until I stopped that, I was never going to go anywhere further in the company. Kathy, do you know what? When I was first in corporate, I used to get told off all the time in my management position for laughing and giggling. I feel your pain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm so glad to hear that somebody else had. <laughs> oh, I think you muted. you muted somehow in the middle of that. Sorry. No worries. Can you hear yeah, me now? I can. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So he said that. And as I say, I, I, I know that because I, I had the same say to me, to, said to me. So what happened then? 
So at first, for maybe 48 hours, I was really trying to figure out, okay, how do I change this? How do I get more serious? And I did a lot of crying also. And then I thought, you know, I was 40 years old at the time. And I thought, oh, hell no, I am not going to change this about myself. I like laughing and smiling. I like being joyful. So then I began looking into what else I could do. And it took me about six months to put a plan together. And then I quit that job. And I did a couple of other little things um, before I found out about being a VA. And actually how I found out about being a virtual assistant was I was traveling with my husband. We were moving for his job. And I was uh, buying and selling houses as we moved. And I would tell real estate agents, um, hey, you could do better marketing. <laughs> Your website needs to be improved. Here's what you could do better. And one of them said, well, I could really use somebody to do that kind of work for me. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah. And he said, great. Then I'm going to hire you as a virtual assistant. And I said, a what? <laughs> <laughs> And um, so I did that. And then my husband uh, lost his job and the company he was working for shut down. So I said, we either have to both go get corporate jobs now again, or we could go live in the tiny house that we own in the middle of the forest. And my husband at first was like, oh, hell no, I am not going to go live in that tiny house. <laughs> I, you know, in the middle of nowhere, we'll go crazy. And I said, give me six months to see if I can make this business a success because I really believe I can and see if we like living there. And if we don't like it in six months, we'll move and we'll get corporate jobs. Yeah. And we were about three months in and my husband said, I'm never leaving. I love it here. I'm never leaving. <laughs> and thank so goodness cool. my business became successful. Yeah, it's so cool. We were talking before we came on because you mentioned the tiny house and I was saying that I've literally just finished binge watching the Netflix series on tiny houses. <laughs> so I was so impressed to, to meet an owner of one, but not only an owner of one, <laughs> a 20 year owner of one. I mean, well, that's right. Then, but, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I went tiny before tiny was popular. Yeah, you're so ahead of your time. <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also to be fair, as a virtual assistant too. I mean, I remember when I started my business 15 years ago, talking as, a, I don't know, after a year or two, I was helping somebody who was a virtual assistant locally to set up a website. And I remember saying to her, you can't throw everything into the search engine term virtual assistant because no one really knows what one of those is yet. You know, they, they'll be looking for receptionist mm -hmm. or, or typist or um administrator or translator or transcriptionist mm -hmm. or whatever you know all those words but va is really not you know something that people are searching for and that was like 15 years ago so you you really were yeah. ahead of your time <laughs> oh yeah i was a pioneer in this industry for sure uh and i'm so glad that i found it it's still um actually joe you've really hit the nail on the head with something which is that term va went from not being known to being known to now it's just confusing. And the reason it's confusing is two things. Here in the U.S., the acronym VA stands for Veterans Administration. Right. So if you just Google VA, you're going to get Veterans Administration. And in fact, I get emails from people at least once a week saying, I would like to work with the Veterans Administration. Can you help me? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so that's one piece that's confusing. And then the other thing is that all of the AI um, that Google and Apple and everybody else has created, they call that virtual assistant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I coined a new term that I use called virtual expert. And I've actually trademarked that term. And um, while I use virtual assistant spelled out uh, in search engine optimization, I use the term virtual expert for the people that I train. Hmm. Mm. So what is a, a virtual expert? And, and, and is it has it evolved? And that is partly where the terms come from as well. Or has it pretty much been what it has been all this time? We're just calling it different things. Yeah, so I think I really believe that when VAs very first started out, they really were much more admin. Yeah, administrative. And that has really progressed to specialties. Mm -hmm. So there, everybody pretty much specializes now. Um, are there still general admins that are VAs? Yes. Uh, but the majority of people who want to really make this a successful business and earn a significant amount, they specialize. And all of those different things that you named, they can specialize in. They can specialize in any kind of software that's out there. They can specialize in writing. They can specialize in bookkeeping, in social media management, and on and on and on. But to make the best money and have the easiest time marketing, just like in any other entrepreneurial business, you really want to specialize as a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. So talk us through how things evolved for you. So originally you were helping people as a virtual assistant or whatever yes. you're calling yourself at the time. Um, yes, I, now... <laughs> I did call myself a virtual assistant. Yes. I was a real estate virtual assistant. Uh -huh. And what I did for real estate agents was I marketed for them. Because yes. remember, I was a marketing manager at mm -hmm. the Fortune 500. My mm -hmm. education is in marketing. I love marketing. So it just was a natural transition for me. Yes. The biggest challenge I had in that transition was I didn't know that an employee mindset is so very different than a business owner mindset. Yeah. And that's a massive shift that I had to make and then I help others make now because when you've been an employee your whole life, you don't know that there's a big difference between employee and entrepreneur. No, absolutely. What What would you say the difference is or what, what do people need to be aware of when they're making that shift? Yeah, so there's two... Um, words that I use that kind of summarizes it. One is as an employee, you do, they do not want you to be proactive. They want, uh, in the US, we have a term that says, don't rock the boat. <laughs> you just do what your job description says and nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you have to be proactive as a virtual expert or a virtual assistant. If you're not proactive, if you sit back and wait for your clients to tell you what to do, they're not going to want to pay you as much as if you are proactive and you see what needs to be done. You know what needs to be done as the expert in whatever it is you do. And so you make the plan. You, you know, say, I know, I know what needs to be done. Here's what I recommend doing. Your client's like, yes, go. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is to be a problem solver. And again, in the corporate world, a lot of times they really don't want you to solve problems. They want you to let other people know what's going on. And somebody 
you know, that has that responsibility will solve the problem or they don't want you to even mention there's a problem. <laughs> but as an entrepreneur you, and as a virtual expert or VA, you need to identify what's the problem and then solve the problem without going to your client. Like, for example, I have a staff of exclusively virtual experts. Okay? I don't have any employees. They're all uh, virtual assistants, virtual experts. And if they come to me and say, hey, we've got a problem. Here's what's going on. What do you want to do? I say, you're the expert. What do you recommend? Mm -hmm. um, so those are two big differences. And then third, um, I want to mention that it's taking ownership and this is kind of proactive and problem solving combined, taking ownership of whatever it is that you're doing, right? There's not an employer out there uh, that's going to be taking care of you. You have to do it all. You yeah. have to take ownership over what needs to be done because if you don't, nobody's going to do it. <laughs> no, no, exactly. So, so you started by, by being a virtual assistant, virtual expert, and now you help other people to do that. How did that come about? That's right. Well, as I grew my real estate virtual assistant business, I was really good at getting clients. And I got so many clients that I could not handle all of them myself. So I started looking for virtual assistants that I could bring on as subcontractors wow. to do the work um, so that I could leverage my time and earn even more. And as you can imagine, back in 2003 and 2004, there weren't very many virtual assistants. So I had to train them in order to bring them on to do the work. And one day I was like, uh, I'm training all these people for free. What if I charged for that? <laughs> <laughs> so I began developing a training program to teach how to build a VA business and how to get clients, how to market, uh, and how to provide those uh, P's that I was talking about problem-solving, yeah. proactive, professional. Yeah. And by 2008, I had it, I had the program developed, but I hadn't started marketing it yet. Uh-huh. And then the real estate industry crashed in 2008. And I went from having 70 clients to 25 clients in 30 days. Wow. And I took, I took a look at that and went, oh my goodness, now what am I going to do? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to actually implement my own training program to see if it really works. And I did that. And in 30 days, I identified a new area of specialization, which was working with professional speakers. And I had um, 10 clients, which filled up all my time um, as a virtual assistant again. So I did that with um, the professional speakers. I marketed for them. Yeah. while I began marketing my training program. And so that's how I became a trainer and coach for virtual assistants. And as you've said, that the whole sort of specialization is, is really key. And also what you did right from the beginning, and then again, you've just said, was niche your business effectively, which is what mm -hmm. so many people mm -hmm. teach and so many people ignore <laughs> because they don't yeah. think... Yeah will work or they feel too restricted or, or whatever whatever did you did you realize that when you were doing the real estate or was it just a, a sort of a nice turn of events that of course it was your area and it was easy then to go and find people or did you know that you were using niching as a as a way to grow your business 
Uh, Joe, in the beginning, it was pure luck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to say I accidentally made money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and you are right. There are so many people that say, well, if I narrow my niche, then I'm not going to have, I'm, I'm not going to have as many clients. And I said, nope, just the opposite is true. Uh -huh. If you try to market to everyone, you market to no one because no one can really hear what you're saying. If you, that the more you narrow your niche, the easier it is to get clients. Yes. Yeah. And then you proved that by going to the speaking market uh, and yes. I it was really easy. You didn't have to convince yourself after that, did you? <laughs> it wasn't a fluke the second time <laughs> as well. <laughs> no. And the other thing, um, one other tip that I learned the hard way was you also do not compete on price unless mm -hmm. the way you compete on price is that you are the highest price. Never compete on low price because you will never win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have... Um, like a USP, you don't have anything to share when you're doing that, do you? You can't say, this is why you should buy from me, because the only thing you've got is that lower price, which is not compelling, is it? That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And, you know, I also learned that by trial and error. Um, first of all, I, I had a coach, luckily, who said, the reason you're not doing very well is you're a, you, you, your price is too low and you're getting people who are nickel and diming you. If you raise your price... And she said, are you really good at what you do? And I said, yes, I'm really good at what I do. And she said, then why aren't you priced the highest? So she had me go do research to see what other real estate VAs were priced at. And she had me charge $10 an hour more than anybody else was charging. Mm. And that is really when my business took off. And I asked the people that uh, hired me, I said, why did you choose to work with me? And they all said, well you charge the most. So you're the best. Right. And I want to work with the best. And I'm like, cha-ching. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love the way that you keep saying, and luckily, you know, luckily my coach said, you know, most people don't get a coach and luckily <laughs> I picked a niche. Well, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. I was that lucky. <laughs> so what do they, what do they say? Yeah. Luck is preparation meets what? Uh, yes. I can't remember. Yes opportunity or something isn't it or whatever that's it yes, preparation yes, means yes. opportunity absolutely so that was me absolutely so how do you now work with your clients what do your days look like what's the shape of your business tiny but no not at all and <laughs> that's the house the business is tiny. <laughs> that's right that's right um so I typically start, I'm an early bird. Um, so I get up at about 630 in the morning and yeah. I have a morning ritual um, that involves a lot of time with my three golden retrievers. And then I start work at nine o'clock and I have meetings throughout the week. I have a I, I have a team of uh, my, what I call my C-levels. I have a chief uh, financial officer. I have a chief revenue officer, I have a chief marketing officer, and those are all fractional, so part-time Yep. Um, because they're all independent contractors. I meet with them every Monday morning uh, for 30 minutes to plan what needs to happen that week and to overcome any obstacles. Mm -hmm. And then we all know what we're going to be doing for the rest of the week and away we go. Um, I do privately coach. I have uh, several different levels of mastermind in my program, and I privately coach the highest level mastermind, which is the Emeralds. So I meet with 
with that group as a mastermind once a week. And then um, I also coach them privately and there's um, five people in that program. And then, of course, I'm constantly um, uh, being a visionary and trying to figure out what's next. How do I want to improve my training program so that I can help even more people? Mm -hmm. And and I'm always re-recording it because things change so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm on a, and I basically I've just decided every Tuesday I do another lesson, whether it's a new lesson or a re-record of an old, you know, of a lesson that needs to be updated. Yeah. And I pers- I don't like to do that in a vacuum. I'm not the kind of person that can just talk to the screen. So yeah. I actually have anybody in my program that wants to come and attend that live so that I have people there to interact with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much what my week is like. Mm-hmm. And have you seen much change in the last year through the pandemic as more people have worked from home and possibly uh, lost jobs and looked at doing things differently? I mean, I, I certainly heard of a number of people who've sort of um, become enlightened is not perhaps the right word, but have wanted to find a different way. <laughs> they have wanted a different way as a result of what's happened around them and to them. Have you found that too? Yeah, and I actually love that word enlightened <laughs> because um, a, a lot of companies would not hire uh, remote workers or virtual workers because they thought if I cannot see them, I cannot manage them. Mm-hmm. And what happened with the pandemic is they were forced to work remotely or virtually. And what they actually saw happen, which I knew all along since I've been doing this for so long, is that productivity increased Mm. rather than decreased. Mm. If you're a good manager, you can manage long distance. You do not need to actually have to hover over that person's shoulder and that that person becomes more empowered and will do an even better job for you when that happens. So that occurred and... Um, I don't know if you know this joke, and I don't know the stats for uh, London, but in the U.S., 5 million women lost jobs in 2020. 5 million. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so there was a big influx of people looking to start their own business or do something else. And as a result of um, the pandemic, the virtual assistants, the virtual experts who already had their businesses, they saw an average increase of 130% in their businesses. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it was back, it was a good year for virtual assistants. Yes, yeah. And, you know, going back to your, your big why about creating wealth amongst women, in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, aside from all the terrible things that happened in the last year, that there's been some real positive change in terms of people wanting to do something different, seeing an opportunity. And as you say, the organization's actually being open to it, um, you know, more than in the past. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've had um, recruiting companies, you know, staffing companies, very traditional staffing companies who never thought about staffing virtual assistants. They have come to me and said, could you help me figure out how to staff provide staffing for virtual assistants, uh, companies who want virtual assistants, because I'm suddenly getting a lot of requests for it. And I'm not even sure what a virtual assistant is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's talk a bit about the sort of concept of using virtual assistants, virtual experts. Um, it's outsourcing something I talk about a lot in my five fundamentals. I have one which is share and uh, outsourcing obviously comes within that. And I, I've regularly said that I find many small business owners really want to outsource. They see the opportunity, they get excited by the idea, but you compare that to the ones that actually do it. <laughs> it's there's a big mm -hmm. gap. <laughs> and I think there's a huge gap. You know, it's sometimes about feeling like you can't afford to spend the money. It's about going through mm -hmm. the process of finding somebody and it's then about working out how to delegate those things to them and what the processes are. And so it becomes too onerous. But um I personally outsource I have three um, VAs and have done for years and I couldn't do what I do without them. Um and you know what what would you say to people who are thinking about outsourcing what's the you know the 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 benefit the process you know what what mm -hmm. do they need to do and why mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so um and it is a difficult thing to convince people to do joe i was a va <laughs> Right. I yeah. know how valuable a VA can be. And yet there were there have been things that I said, oh, I'm the only one that can really do that. Yes. Yeah. And every single thing that I said that about, I've been wrong because yeah. not only was I able to outsource it, who I ended up outsourcing it to um, once I found a really good fit actually was better at it than I was. Mm hmm. And as a result, my company has been able to grow tremendously. And my, what I tell people is, so what is your goal? Is your goal to really grow your company or is your goal to stay right where you are? Because if you want to stay right where you are, no need to outsource. Just keep doing all the work yourself. Mm -hmm. If you want to grow, there's no way you can grow without leveraging your time. Yeah. And in my opinion, there is no better way to be at least begin outsourcing than to work with a virtual assistant or virtual expert or um, in a, in an independent contractor, freelancer, whatever you call that person to do that. And the time to get somebody, your first person is now. If you wait until you're desperate, you're going to make desperate decisions and you're going to be more frustrated. Yeah. So if you can do it earlier rather than later, it's going to be better. Mm -hmm. And it's literally as little as $250 a month to get mm -hmm. started. So for example, and this is US dollars, if you pay a general admin VA $25 an hour and you have her work for 10 hours a month, she can get tons done for you. And that's $250. You yeah. get started, you see what it's like. If you hire somebody who's professional and good at what they do, like somebody I train, <laughs> they're going to be such a resource for you. They're going to help you save money. They're going to help you earn more money. Mm -hmm. And do you do you introduce people? Is that part of what you do when you say people I train? Yes. It's exactly what you've just said that, you know, 
it's hard to find good people and particularly if you're looking for expert <laughs> people virtual yeah. experts not virtual yeah. assistants is even harder well mm -hmm. right <laughs> really you do so right. <laughs> hello <laughs> and by the way i i train all levels so if somebody wants to be a general admin and a virtual assistant i train that i call yeah. them expert vas mm -hmm. if they want to become specialized and be a virtual expert i train them so yeah. yes i have a directory people can go look in um, and you can look based on the skills or the industry that you want. Like, for example, some people really want somebody who specializes in their industry, for example, real estate agents. Yeah. And they might also want somebody who writes. So they'd be looking for somebody who specializes in real estate and writing or blogging or whatever. And you can do that search on my in my directory or even better, you can email me and I will do a free matchmaking for you. Mm -hmm. So I find out what you need and then I give you one to three referrals. Mm -hmm. And when you're thinking about outsourcing, you said already that there were things that you thought only you could do, but as it turns out, other people could mm -hmm. do and could do better. Mm -hmm. What should yep. you end up left with if you, if you do this really well and you outsource as much as you can, what, what are you left to do? <laughs> you're left to do only those things that you really love to do. And those things that are going to be money makers for you. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, taking my training program and deciding how can I get even better results for the people who join than I'm already getting, right? Mm -hmm. What else can I provide as they grow, as their businesses grow? So, I have the entry-level training program, and then I have four levels of mastermind, and I have a membership. I would never have been able to create all those. I wouldn't even have had the time to think about those if I was still doing all the work myself. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk a bit sort of practical um, tips and advice now. What what sort of tools and apps and systems and things would you say are really vital for small business owners to do or know about? And you're, you're probably going to say none because you're going to outsource them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I know. Obviously, well, he, here is the reality. There are so many tools that are out there that people can use that I think the bigger challenge is not buying too many tools yes. because yes. I think people just go, I'm going to get this and this. And I know I did in the beginning and I have to have this and I have to have this and I have to have this. Mm -hmm. So kind of in, basically what I recommend is you want a website. Right. I mean, that seems very basic, but you want a website. Um, and I love a website that can grow with my company. Um, you want a way to process payments. And if that can be integrated with your website, even better. Um, if you run a membership program, you need a way to store your membership stuff. And mm -hmm. I can tell you, Joe, I started very lean. So, for example, I had a WordPress website that I used a membership plugin that was very inexpensive, and I used Dropbox to store my materials. These days, you can even do everything on Facebook. So, it really depends where you are in your business and, and what you need. Yeah. The other thing you want is an email service provider, mm -hmm. okay, so that you can build your email list. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's really it. You don't need a whole bunch of fancy stuff. No, no, if no. you have a team and you're very organized, you could have a project management system like Asana or Teamwork or 
uh, there's tons of others. Yeah, that's what my next Those question is going to be, actually, because I, 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 was, I was just reflecting that I communicate with my VAs in different ways. So depending on how they've sort of come into the business. So I use Todoist for my own to-do list and I have tasks in there for <laughs> one of my VAs. So we communicate in there and she you know, gets her work through that. But then the other VA came in through another mm -hmm. relationship I have with another business where we were using Asana. So I communicate with her through that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the other one mm -hmm. is one of the members of my membership site as well. And we use Slack in there. So I communicate with her through mm -hmm. that. So I was mm -hmm. just thinking how funny that um, just, you know, circumstantially, I've ended up a bit like in real life where you end mm -hmm. up talking to people on Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp and texting and... <laughs> So I've got all sorts of different yeah. ways of communicating. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And by the way, um, I, Joe, I am not techie at all. I am a technophobe. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and that's been one of the things that people are like, well, don't you have to be really good at tech in order to be a VA? Oh, hell no. I am. I am one of the worst at tech. Very worse. Um, so how do I do it? I hire VAs who are good at it. <laughs> I don't like Asana or any of that. I have a VA who set it all up. I don't like to write SOP, standard operating procedures. I have a VA who does that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that would have been one of the questions. If I haven't done it all this time from the middle of nowhere, you would th think that you were very tech. But as you say, there's no point. Not there's no point doing anything you don't enjoy. As you've said, if you can outsource everything that you don't enjoy and isn't the thing that you need to be mm -hmm. working on, then... Then obviously, mm -hmm. I, I just love the fact that you. Uh, what do you What do you say in America? You say eat your own dog food, don't you? <laughs> or, it, or, or the nicer version, yes, drink your own champagne. <laughs> Ooh, I like drink your own champagne. That's better, I like isn't that. It? <laughs> yeah, that is. I'm going to use that, Joe. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, so good. Yeah, to hear. and I. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And I and I like to I like to say I walk my talk. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I shouldn't be surprised that that's the case, because obviously, that is what you're teaching. But you know, there are many people mm -hmm. who, who don't always, um, you know, do the things that they're telling other people to do. So it's, it's great to hear mm -hmm. that, uh, that you're doing that, you know, through and through. <laughs> I'll tell you the number one thing that I am challenged with that I teach that I'm challenged to do, and it is do not multitask. Mm hmm. And it is really hard not to do that. That is probably my biggest challenge. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just thinking about the, um, the, the sort of finding the time, the energy and everything else to do what you do and to keep doing what you do. One of the things you talked about that you do do <laughs> um, is is <laughs> think about you know what's changing, what the future holds and, and how you need to sort mm -hmm. of develop your business accordingly, which all of us right. need to be doing as as business owners. You know, you've been doing this 20 years mm -hmm. and obviously things have changed a lot. Mm -hmm. um, how do you keep yourself sort of motivated um, on that why, you know, keeping moving forwards mm -hmm. after all this time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, quite honestly, Joe, I am more excited about my business now than I ever have been. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of it is I'm actually seeing results I'm actually seeing the women's lives that have changed, the women who are creating wealth for themselves and their families. Mm -hmm. They've purchased 
dream homes. They've purchased cars for their husbands. They've been able to allow their husbands to change jobs or even retire. Um, they've been able to pay for their children or their grandchildren to go to college and they're happier and they're more confident. And as a result, um, you know, they're impacting people around them. Mm. And when I see that on a daily basis and I, and I hear these stories on a daily basis, I am more excited than ever. Mm. So that's what keeps me going. Yes. Yeah. And how do you keep yourself sort of on top of latest developments and, and the sort of future thinking? How do you develop yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, my number one thing is always having a coach. Mm -hmm. uh, on the on the rare years, there were a couple of years, oh, probably about 10 years ago when I didn't have a coach for two years and my business uh, leveled out and then began to go down. And I knew right then I will never be without a coach again. Mm. And what I've found in how to how to get a coach that uh, helps me grow the fastest is I find somebody who has been where I want to go and is at least two levels higher than me already. Who and I, you know, I don't want to learn tech. <laughs> I think we've <laughs> we've already figured that one out. So I don't work with coaches who are going to go. Now you have to learn this tech or that tech. Yeah. I work with coaches who are going to help my mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was stuck at a hundred thousand a year in revenue for three years before I I found a coach who said, "You don't think you're worth more than a hundred thousand." And she helped me. And uh, the next year I earned three hundred thousand. The year after that I earned seven hundred thousand. The year after that I earned a million. Wow! And the difference was my mindset. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's such a big part of it, isn't it? I, you know. However sort of um, positive you think you are or however much you have the skills and the knowledge and so on there, there's 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 always that sort of hidden magic that you need to be able to yeah going forwards and getting to that next level and so on isn't there that's right and my coach says next level next devil <laughs> and she is so right Yes, because yes. just when you're, I'm like, oh gosh, I got past that one hundred thousand dollar mark, and oh, I'm doing good now. And then uh, last year when I got to a million, oh my gosh, my team fell apart. And yes. I was like, I'm so good at before that. I'm so good at building a team. This is what I do. I train VAs. I'm amazing at this. And then my team fell apart, and I was like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. And it was me. I had not increased my leadership abilities. I had stayed right where I was as a leader and I needed to improve my leadership abilities. Yeah. So for the past year, I've been working on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. As you say, there's always that extra thing that, you know, once things change, what's the extra stuff yes. you need to be able to operate within that environment? Right. Mm -hmm. Lovely. So last couple of questions. Firstly, what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those days? <laughs> <laughs> So let's see the the time when my team fell apart. Wow, what did I do? Well, first, I, I have to tell you, Joe, you might see a theme here. I always have a little bit of a pity party. I cry. <laughs> um, I cry. I, and I don't stay down very long, mm -hmm. you know, never longer than 24 hours, usually not even that long. Um, and I ask myself, what role do you have in this? Mm -hmm. what role do you not have in this? 
right? Because it's not, in my opinion, it's never one person's fault, right? But I am the CEO. I am the leader of my business. So I always have to start with me and see what is it that I need to change. And then once I figure that out, what it is I need to change, then I go get professional help to Mm -hmm. support me in that. Yeah. Um, whether it's reading a book or getting a different coach or taking some training, I get very specific on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I know what that is, then I have a meeting with my team to say, all right, here's where we went wrong. Here's what I did wrong. Here's where I see that we could improve what we've been doing. Anybody else have any thoughts on this? I always get their feedback. And then we make a plan and we move forward. And I believe we always come out stronger, stronger as a business. I come out stronger as a leader and each of the members of my team come out stronger also. Yes. Yeah. That's a a nice positive end to the, what started as the pity party. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, But I always have to start with the pity party and I, and I, and I ugly cry. I mean, I do the cry where you're. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have visions now. <laughs> so, so the last question then is, what about those days when you get to live more? And that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? Yeah, the, um, uh, the those days look like uh, today. Today, for the first time since the pandemic started, we, my husband and I, are having his brothers over for a barbecue. And when I get to socialize with friends or family, I, I'm, I just love life so much. And not only that, but I got to talk to you today. So I get to mix a little bit of business with a little bit of pleasure. And I absolutely love those days. You know, I have another kind of day I love too, though, which is a day where I do nothing. Like I don't make it past the couch. (laughs) I binge watch Netflix um, and I eat soup. (laughs) <laughs> and just, I would say I stay in my PJs all day long, but I yep. always stay in my PJs all day long. <laughs> One of the benefits of a home-based business, hey? Eh? That's right. That's right. So those are kind of the two extremes. Yeah. Um, and I love both of those days. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that you eat soup. <laughs> I can think of a whole load of other it's, things I would eat. <laughs> it's so comforting to me. It's so comforting to me. Um, You know, something really weird that happened when, uh, before I went through menopause, I was a sugarholic. After I went through menopause, I was just thinking about that today. I could care less about anything sweet. I want savory now. That's all I want. My mother-in-law says, that's what she says whenever we have like puddings and things. She always says that she's not interested in sweet and and she says she used to be, but she's never sort of marked that as being the reason. I'm going to ask her at dinner tonight (laughs) whether that was the the guiding line. (laughs) Yeah, I have really thought about it a lot because I'm like, what happened to me? Because yeah, I mean, yeah. I used to like, my husband would buy me pounds of M&Ms. You know, I yeah. loved sweets. Yeah, yeah. And it really was, it was after I went through, it was on the on the opposite side after yeah. you're done with menopause. During menopause, oh, hell no, lots of, <laughs> lots of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, I'll have to test that theory. Although the one thing that she still does eat when uh, we buy it as a treat for her is your American red licorice, which we both like. To be fair, it's not uh, we don't oh. get the same over here. It's got to be from America. So I bought her that for Easter, yeah. and everyone else got Easter eggs, chocolate. She got. Red licorice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to love that myself. I, I yeah. used to love the red licorice myself. Yes, yeah. Although, uh, hilariously, it doesn't really taste like licorice and it tastes very like artificial. Oh, no, it doesn't. Nice. <laughs> yeah, very artificial. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. It's been so good talking to you today, Kathy, especially, you know, if nothing else, to find out that I wasn't the only one that was told I smiled too much when I was in a, a management job. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for your time today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Joe, I have a special link set up for your podcast. It's mm -hmm. virtual. Yeah, it's virtualexperttraining.com forward slash power to live. And then I'd also like to share my email address because if anybody wants uh, to be matched with a VA, all they need to do is email me, let me know what they're looking for. And even if they don't know what they're looking for, just let me know they'd like uh, to talk with me about getting uh, referrals to VAs. And that is Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at expertvatraining.com. Brilliant. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you so much. Joe, thank you. This was a delight. Stop feeling stuck and overwhelmed. Join Power to Live More Calm membership today and make an investment in your future. The Power to Live More Calm membership is designed for coaches and consultants struggling with the pressures of running a home-based business. You get access to our supportive community, including weekly Zoom calls, accountability, learning materials teaching you online marketing, audience building, income generation, and all sorts of other things you need to run your home-based business with ease, along with materials like templates, checklists and planners to keep you motivated, organised and productive. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership programme and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.